Hello, hello. You found us again on Boomerangs. This is Ruth. And this is Mike. Today we're going to talk about the Oscars because we just saw them. Yeah. I have thoughts and feelings about them. And there's a vote count going on in Maricopa County in Arizona. And we'll delve into that as well. So recount. A recount. And the Derek Chauvin conviction came down last Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Which didn't have a chance to touch on that. Right. And it's important enough that I think we, we were thinking we should just touch base on it. Sure. So shall we start with the Oscars? Yes. I decided I didn't like them after all. <laughs> Nobody on my hike tonight liked them either. Oh, okay. Except okay. me. I loved them. So tell me what you loved about them. It was diverse, really diverse, not only in terms of who was nominated, but in terms of who was presenting and who was emceeing and the kinds of things that the conversations were about. I don't know. I felt like we'd turned a corner and white supremacy had been dealt a, a body blow of sorts. I found that really encouraging. I found it encouraging too. I guess what I had trouble with was the spectacle of it or the lack of spectacle of it. Like someone said, it felt like a company conference where they're giving awards for best salesmen. Mm -hmm. It kind of did have that feeling because it was so small and in a way self-congratulatory. And I missed the clips. I really missed. Oh, yeah. And also the songs. I didn't. The songs I learned, if you tuned in early, all the songs got done in the pre-show. I heard that too, but that didn't wash for me because they they let people go on and on in their speeches. And the other thing that they did was the presenters like Laura Dern turned to each person who was nominated for Best Supporting Actor Mm -hmm. and talked about their love of this and that and how they first Mm -hmm. got introduced watching Disney films and how really appreciated that you blah, 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 blah. And I guess I would rather have just seen the clips of their performance than just hear Laura Dern's heartfelt impression of how great a job they'd all done. Soderbergh directed it, right? Or put it together. I guess I'm a fan of his because I loved that. I loved that it was touchy-feely. I love that we got to know these people a little bit as people. And I liked the long acceptance speeches because you got to hear the speech pattern and get to know the person a little bit, you know? And some of the speeches were so phenomenal, like the Danish guy's speech about his daughter and so many of them in Tyler Perry's speech. And the only one that annoyed me was dear, bless her heart, Frances McDormand, because she's just so loopy, but she's who she is. And I even get to let her be her crazy self. Let her let her freak flag fly. But I just loved it. And I loved the the mix. God, I know it's one show. It's one night. It's one production. It's not a historical milestone necessarily, but I just thought it presented a view of our culture as multicolored. And I just thought that was awesome. No, I agree with you on that. I don't have any issue with having such a wide swath of people both presenting and accepting words. And I didn't mind the lengthy speeches until I realized that that meant that we didn't see any clips and we didn't hear the songs. And Mm -hmm. I would love to have heard a little snippet of the sound of metal just to remind me of what that design was like. Right. You were very with it. And I was with it until I reflected on it. And my reflection wasn't that embracing of Mm -hmm. what we'd seen, because it it seemed to me much more about the people in the room than it was for the people like us watching it. It felt very much like we're all part of a group, we're part of a team, and we're going to congratulate ourselves for all the good work we've done. 
Yeah, my response was very different. I found more included in this than I ever have done when they make it in the theater with all the shiny lights because it felt human-sized. And the people, even Brad Pitt seemed like when he helped the Korean actress off the stage and she was so starstruck. And for me, those are human moments about the people involved. Now, some of the guys on my hike tonight, they didn't like that they didn't make it more festive. But I figured a certain millions of people, I don't know how many, have died this year from COVID and it's not a year to do that. And so I felt it dovetailed with the times we're in where it was smaller, but I liked the smallerness of it, but I didn't feel excluded. I felt more included because I got a picture of what these people are like by hearing them talk. I can appreciate that. I absolutely can see what you're saying. I was expecting more more intensity, I guess. And maybe that's what I was missing was a sense of, you know, that- The so, momentousness of it. And it for me, it got interrupted by having the order changed so that we weren't going from opening with best supporting actor and actress and then moving upward toward best screenplay, best director and best actor and actress and then best- Best picture. Yeah, that really threw me. I guess that they had just put all their eggs in the Chadwick Boseman. Yes, back. that was that was awkward at the end to have it given to someone who wasn't there and just have this kind of dud ending. Yes. And that it, was weird. In fact, why the fuck couldn't he be there? I mean, the it's other British, work. But oh, yeah, you'd think he could at least be in remotely somehow come in. Exactly. That's what I meant. Frankly, I didn't think it was Chadwick Boseman's best performance. No, I was I was overjoyed that Anthony Hopkins that he won because because I was also rooting for Reza Ahmed for Sound of Metal. But the fact was he has a whole lifetime to give those kinds of performances. Right, right. And this is the culmination of Anthony Hopkins' career. Yeah. And Chadwick Boseman deserves something, maybe a posthumous Oscar. Right. If there could be such a thing so that you don't feel like it's apples and oranges, which I kind mm-hmm. of I kind of felt like he was being nominated for the thing that wasn't the best of his work, even though it was spectacular. Well, yeah, but yes. I loved the concept. I thought for this weird year that's like un- unlike any other year we've ever been in, it was kind of good, I thought, to have an Oscar show that was also not like one we've ever seen before. Things were mixed up just the way we are. You yeah. Know. I yeah. guess you could say, well, no, because this has been such a horrible year, they should have kept to tradition so that we'd have something solid to, to hold on to. But I don't know. I liked what he did. So I guess that's all I have to say, except as far as the winners, I was on board with all of them. The, the things mm-hmm. that I was most excited about was that the trial of the Chicago Seven didn't win anything, I don't think. Oh, yeah. Mank won more than I thought it should have or could have or would have. It won for cinematography and black and white. I think there's some kind of a saying in the industry that black and white always wins. Yeah, it looks like art. It does. (laughs) But someone made the point having Ma Rainey win for, I think it was hair and makeup and for Costume. uh, costume. That really was an omission to not see those costumes. I was a little disappointed that Viola Davis didn't win for Ma Rainey. Mm. I thought kind of the favorite to win. That would have been cool. It would have been cool. And then we would have had, except for Anthony Hopkins, we would have had a really diverse Mm -hmm. lineup of winners. Mm -hmm. And the old white guy would have been in the minority. Yeah. But it is such, you know, we're in this weird 
year. And that's a big question. What do we do with the knowledge of what we've been through? We're so anxious to get back to what we think we're going to get back to something we call normal, but what we get back to probably won't look like what we were before the pandemic. So we don't know where we're headed. You mean as far as how we deal with how we work, how we travel. Yeah. Do people still work in offices and commute? Oh, um, yeah. Things like that. Education. Okay. Is education yeah. done in person or not? Uh-huh. I have this feeling that people fall into two categories. Those that are just sick of having meetings on Zoom mm-hmm. and those who have commuted and find, like you do, that the extra time is not worth going back in person for. Well, if I was going to say, I just can't imagine spending as much time and my commute wasn't really huge. I mean, it's 45 minutes when there's lots of traffic. It's 20 minutes when there's no traffic. And yeah, I'm just thinking, well, I'll get to listen to a lot more podcasts if I have to go back to to that life. Yeah, I guess moving on to screens was a huge adjustment and having to move back to it. I don't know if that will be another huge adjustment or if like when I was sitting around with my book group and we were all vaccinated. Right. Five minutes. I didn't think, oh my God, is this special? Right. It yes. You know what occurred to me is that we could actually do our podcast in person. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so on to Maricopa County. Oh yes. Now Rachel Maddow has done I think two segments on her show, and she she was doing a big one tonight. I only caught the first half of her her MSNBC. They're calling it a recount. Is that what they're calling it? Yes. Yes. For those who listen to us who don't watch Rachel Maddow on the reg, Maricopa County, where Phoenix is, and Phoenix is very conservative. Mm-hmm. A a company called Cyber Ninjas is doing a recount on the votes from Maricopa County. Right. And they believe that there are 200,000 votes that are going to swing toward Trump. Arizona was one of those states that didn't want to certify during the the whole Michigas that happened on January 6th. So now they're going to do this recount. There's no oversight. Mm -hmm. There's there's no nothing. Right. There's, There's no there there. It's scary. Yeah, I think it's part of a nationwide effort to subvert our electoral system. It's no longer an issue of voter access or the right to vote. Now it's about changing the results of the votes. And that's what they're trying to do. Yes. It's it's concerted and it's not just, I don't think it's limited to Arizona or to Maricopa County. It's nationwide. said that they were going to go to Michigan next. Right. And the guy that's in charge of Cyber Ninjas is a supporter of the insurrection. And there's something about blue pens and red pens. Did you read that part? The people doing the recounting have blue pens and they're marking the ballots with blue pens, but they're not telling you if they've marked them or not. And you're only supposed to use red pens so that you know if something is a has oh. been added after the election or not. So ballots oh. are being they're doing all the stuff that they were accusing us of doing. Isn't that always the total projection? Yeah. I don't know how terrified to feel if I'm feeling the right amount of or if I should be less or more. But this feels very scary. I think being scared is legitimate because we don't have a backstop with the Supreme Court anymore. So any kind of madness that gets perpetrated, there's no higher authority to go to anymore. Yeah. The whole idea of expanding the court, we need to get rid of the filibuster to do that, I'm guessing. But we still have Joe Manchin to contend with, mm-hmm. just in cinema. So some 
something has got to be done about those two. Well, now be careful. <laughs> that sounds a little threatening. <laughs> you don't want the FBI coming knocking at your door. <laughs> All right. All right. No, I wouldn't want anything to happen to either of them. <laughs> oh, man. But it is frustrating. And I'm already nervous about 2022 because the, the census results came out today and the, there's more seats moving to the south. Just a few, but a few makes a difference. What, what did you hear? Because I heard that we lost one. We lost one seat. Texas getting two seats. Florida's getting gaining one seat. But you know, that doesn't necessarily mean bad news for us. It depends where in Texas they get this extra seat. Same with Florida. So I don't know. But I feel like any change that we're going to put in place has to happen before the 2022 elections, because we just can't be sure what's going to happen after that. Well, having been part of the 2018 elections, I feel like it's going to be the same kind of intensity because those elections were about flipping the house. Mm-hmm. about getting those eight Congress people into office so that we could flip the house. Right. And we were successful doing that. Now we lost the Newport Beach one. We lost Harley Ruda. Mm-hmm going to have to try to get him back again. Mm-hmm. But it's just going to be the same kind of door knocking and canvassing and one-on-one contact that hope so. Yeah. Where I feel hopeful is I feel like Biden knows what he's doing, not only policy wise, but politics wise. And I feel like he's very aware that what he's doing has widespread public support much more widespread and solid than what you would think if you looked at the Senate and the Congress and and assumed that that was a microcosm of the country. So it isn't. The people in Congress are kind of a distorted mirror of where people in the country are. And I think Biden knows that and his people know that. I just hope that they're smart enough to figure out a way to message things in such a way that people do get excited about the election and want to come out and vote. It is really about the messaging. That is so true. His numbers came out mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. And he's got about an average of 54% approval rating, mm-hmm. which is not very low, but Trump's was at a 42% at this right. point, first 100 days. So that's good. Yeah. You know, I, he's got 10% approval amongst Republicans. Mm-hmm. The way it divides up, there are Democrats, there are independents, mm-hmm. and there are Republicans. Mm-hmm. And the remain at 35%. And each of this on either side of the independents are just desperately trying to appeal to the independents. Yeah. The level of intensity of these elections, you'd think that we'd have time to breathe, but it's six months and we're going to start knocking on doors anytime in the next couple of months. Yeah. So there's no let up. I read that the I don't even know what all is in his infrastructure plan, but I read that the things he wants to do have very broad based support among the American people. It's pretty radical from a U.S. standpoint, uh, making yeah. community college free and making childcare free. Right. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I hope that he's the ninja that I'm hoping he is, that he knows that what he's putting forth is not going to awaken a bunch of opposition. It's going to gain support from the very people that we would expect not to support him. So I'm hoping that they're smart and that's what they're doing. 
I don't know how quickly all of these things can be put into place, though. He gets it passed. These are brick and mortar constructions, half of them. Half of the infrastructure is, is actual infrastructure. Oh, right. So he has to get that in place and get that going. A big part of it is switching over to electric vehicles mm-hmm. and putting mm-hmm. charging so that people can actually utilize electric right. vehicles and not run out of power. But no, it's swinging for the fences. And personally, it makes me very happy because that's what I want. Oh, yeah. I love it. I'm just waiting for the shoe to drop. I'm like, well, how far can he go before some awful retro reaction happens? That, But isn't it happening? Are you talking about amongst the voters or amongst the... Amongst, uh, yeah. Well, how long before there's a (laughs) right-wing backlash to what he's doing? I think there, well, certainly amongst the Senate, there's a backlash. McConnell keeps saying this is just, uh, what is the term he uses? A power grab. Oh, power grab. God. So uh, absurd. Of all yeah, people. really. And I think the messaging is so important that mm-hmm. Republicans are so good at demonizing what we try to do that is good. Right. And we just have to be better at it. Yeah. And build back better. I'm not sure about that one. It's not make America great again. That's for sure. It doesn't. Is have that his slogan? Build back better. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Huh. Yeah. Well, it's got better. At least it's not build back best. So <laughs> that's good. <laughs> best. Should we chat for just a minute about Derek Chauvin? Yeah, definitely. I don't know about you, but I wasn't expecting a guilty verdict. I was expecting Rodney King. I didn't expect either way, although when it was quick, I thought it might be guilty. Yes, that was the only indication that I had was that it was so brief. Mm-hmm. And and yet I literally was, I was doing my laundry in the laundromat and I mm-hmm. cried. I cried mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. I saw that he had been convicted on all three counts. I just yeah. was so relieved more than Oh anything. yeah, it was total relief. It was amazing. Yes. And I was surprised that there wasn't one juror in there who was turned by the idea that George Floyd had an enlarged heart or had been doing drugs or or the CO2 from the tailpipe wasn't a factor. Mm -hmm. And just grateful that that hadn't been the case. And yet another part of me thought, well, it doesn't bring him back from the dead. No, definitely not. And so it didn't feel like justice. It felt like what people keep saying about it, accountability. Yes, Yes. accountability. Right. Even the 27 million that his family is going to hopefully get isn't justice. No. Well, I mean, it's a just verdict. It is a just verdict. And now there are different ways that his sentence could go. I mean, he could serve consecutive time for the various charges, or he could serve that time concurrently. Oh, okay. My hope is that he gets 40 years. Yeah. So he'll be a very old man by the time he gets out. Anyway, I've heard a lot of opinions about what this might mean going forward. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, especially Black people that I've heard talking about it, don't feel that anything will change because now there's been three more killings. Right. Four more killings of people of color who were shot by police officers at point right, blank. Right, right. So yeah, no, it's not a, it's not the promised land or anything like that, but I think it's significant. Well, this movement toward removing qualified immunity, which is what officers are granted when they say, I was afraid for myself or I was afraid for someone else. Right. That gives them automatic uh, coverage. Out of jail free card. Yeah. Yes. And there's a movement to take that away mm-hmm. so that a policeman can't say, 
I was afraid because I saw someone's cell phone. Right. And that would be a huge step toward getting more accountability right. for people who have guns. And the idea that cops don't need guns for traffic stops, that there could be a whole other fleet of some kind of municipal worker who, right. who is tasked with following traffic making right. sure people don't have scented pine trees on their rearview mirrors. Mm -hmm. I think we keep waiting for this final change to happen when we won't have to deal with this anymore. And I, I think we're never going to get there. I think we're, something I read by Cornell West a long time ago, he said, you just have to get up each day and battle against it again for that day. And I think maybe more and more of us will become woke about it. And that's where I, I know I tend towards a little bit idealistic, but that's where I thought the Oscars was like a glimmer for me. It's like maybe the minds of the people as a whole are shifting. I mean, they are. I know we have a long ways to go. And I know that the policing system is still corrupt and the laws, everything needs changing. But I believe that people's attitudes about people who are different are changing. We in the majority, bit by bit, are starting to see Black people and people of different backgrounds and colors and all that as real people, which we didn't do before. The impact that George Floyd's killing had on white Americans gives me hope. And it wasn't just Americans. It was around the world. Mm -hmm. People had protests in Ireland, in France, anywhere that there was a marginalized community, people came out and protested it. Mm -hmm. I think that unfortunately, our attitudes are deeply ingrained. Mm -hmm. But something about it feels like it's been shook up and mm -hmm. it can't just lie quietly back down again. Right. It's kind of like the Me Too movement. I mean, yeah. once women were just not taking it anymore and there was a sea change. Right. That doesn't mean that men act any better than they right. used to. But again, right. There is accountability, mm -hmm. recognition of a wrong that's been done. Well, you know, that Chinese curse or blessing, may you live interesting in interesting times. Time. Yeah, definitely. I guess, I guess we do. Well, that was fun. That was wonderful. And we'll have to do it again in a week. Definitely. We have a date. Now it's time to say goodbye to our former friends. It is. I'm going to go watch an episode of season three of The Killing. Okay, you and do that. Because I'd like to do that before bed. So that I feel. So you have nice dreams. Mm -hmm. Oh, and as I'm going to sleep, I'll listen to my podcast about the horrors of World War One. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cry for help. Okay. Well, boomers, I hope right. that your bedtime is a lot more peaceful than mine. Yes. And we will talk to you again soon. Yep. Bye bye. So long.